This broadcast and message is dedicated in loving memory of Miss Mary Lou in the honor of her precious husband, Marvin. May God rest your precious soul. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're grateful and we're always thankful for the privilege and the blessing that you give us to be here. Lord God, you're so good to us and we never fully fathom the depth of your love in our hearts. I would pray, God, if it be your will that you would touch and bless and heal and meet the needs of all of us as your people. Lord, we know of those that are sick and bed fast. We, Father, know those tonight that are by the bedsides of those that are surely drawing one of their last breaths. We know of those, God, in our own lives today, Father, that tonight are suffering through the loss of a loved one, a parent, a brother, a sister, a son, or a daughter. Lord, be near and dear them is my prayer. Lord, if there's one need of prayer that, Lord, I petition you for the most, is that, Father God, that you would speak through the power of the Holy Spirit to the hearts of those who are lost. Father God, draw them unto you in a very special, a very miraculous, and a very spirit-filled way. Lord, allow the efficacious blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross on a hill we call Calvary to penetrate their sometimes hardened hearts. Draw them unto you, God, this day. May this day, Father, be their day of salvation. God, may you be praised in all ways, for all ways, and in all ways. And we ask it and we pray, Lord, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. If you have your Bibles with you, I'm going to be in the Old Testament book of Job tonight. The Old Testament book of Job is where I'm going to be sharing with you. I'm going to make it fairly simple to find your pages. Uh, We're going to be in the first chapter of Job, and I'm going to begin in verse 1. I imagine most of you, if not all of you, have read, have heard preached, or studied the book of Job. Uh, There's no way that through the time that I'm allotted here that I could possibly even scratch the surface of the faith of a man named Job. But what I do want to share with you tonight is something that is just as applicable in your life tonight as it was in Job's as we read this text. We begin in verse 1 of chapter 1, a description of Job and who he was, who he is, and what Job believed. And also we learn quite quickly that not only is Job a man that was suffering through trials and tribulations, Job is a lot like you and I are to every day of our life. You see, every one of us, every day, we go through trials and we go through tribulations. We don't have the perfect day every day. And you know, if we had, beloved, that perfect day every day, we would never know the valleys, would we, in our life? And we would never pray. And we'd never call upon God. And we'd never reach our hands up and praise and thank God for all God does for us. If it were not for the valleys. If it were not for the valleys. There was a man in the land of us whose name was Job. And that man was perfect and upright. And one that feared God and eschewed evil. And there was born unto him seven sons and three daughters. His substance also was seven thousand sheep and three thousand camels. 
and five hundred yoke of oxen, and five hundred she-asses, and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the east. And his sons went and feasted in their houses, every one his day, and sent and called for their three sisters to come and to eat and drink with them. In verse 5, And it was so, when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. In verse 6, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth, and from walking up and down in it. And verse 8, And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and eschewed evil. May God tonight bless the reading of His Word. Job chapter 1, verse 1 through verse 8 is what I've read tonight in your hearing. If we go and look at verse 1 through verse 4, we learn a little bit about Job's possessions. Job's possessions indicate to us he was a very wealthy man, wasn't he? Job had all the material things that a man could possibly want to the point where it's stated in the scripture here that he was one of the greatest, he was one of the greatest men in the East. Job had a lot of wealth, but the greatest wealth, beloved, I want to share with you tonight about is the wealth of God within Job's heart. The wealth of God within Job's own heart. And verse 2 says, And there was born unto him seven sons and three daughters. That's a rather large family, which is pretty normal in Job's time. We understand in verse 3 that he had the 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camel, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 she-asses, and a very great household, so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the East. Now, what is being described to us there are Job's possessions. I've always stopped and thought, and I've shared many times, and I want to share at this point, There was a point in my life, probably 20 years ago, maybe just slightly more, when I was seeking God for what God would have me to do in my life. I know that sounds unusual for somebody that was my age, but you know, every day I believe that we need to ask God, what would God have me to do today? I ask God still that every day of my life. God, what would you have me to do today for you, Lord? God, how can you use me the most? And I also add to that prayer, and I want all of you to be a witness of it. I pray every day, God, use me even, Lord, if you use me up. But Lord, please use me. Please use me, Lord, even if you have to use me up to be a witness. Lord, use me, I pray every day. 
But one day, one morning, one early hour, it was raining outside, and I'd gotten up early to pray, and, and I had a quite a long prayer list. It was, I don't know how many pages of names, and obviously I couldn't pray for every name. But I had that wet prayer list in my hand as I tried to stay out of the drizzle of the rain. And you know, it came to me so quickly from the Spirit of God as the Lord spoke unto me and I read, I was sharing my scripture as I was recording a message during that part. I heard some insight from God's Word that's still so powerful in my life today. And it goes a little bit like this, and I want you to hear it. I'm going to say it slow and I'm going to say it methodically, but I want you to capture just like what God put in my heart that morning early. God spoke to me this through His Word. Billy, if you wake up in the morning and only the things that you had taken the time to thank me for yesterday were in your life, what kind of a day would your day be? Did you hear me? What kind of a day would your day be, beloved, if the only things that were in your life today, all the possessions and all the blessings and all that you have today in your life, what if everything in your life was removed when you woke up this morning, even if you were able to, except just the few things that you had taken time to pray and to thank and to praise God for. We would still be mighty blessed, but our lives would be changed. Many of our lives would probably be changed to the point where our own lives would be changed to a point where it would be unrecognizable by people around us probably. You know why I say that? Because our society, beloved, is such a materialistic world. We're always looking for the finer things of life, the, the finer shoes, the finer hat, the finer jacket, the finer automobile, the finer home. We're always looking for the finer things. And you know, you can always identify a true, strong Christian, man or woman, because God has already taken forth from them those tastes and those desires for the possessions in their life. I say that. I don't say it for the elderly. I don't say it for the young people. I don't say it for the children. I say it for all of mankind. I say it for myself, surely, first. Because, you know, if we can live in our lives without the things that we feel like we have to have, and we can just exist, hear me, and we can exist only on knowing that God will sustain every need that we have, do you know what a wonderful thing takes place in our heart almost immediately? We find that we're dependent on God. And we're not dependent on our clothes any longer. We're not dependent on a paycheck any longer. We're not dependent on an automobile any longer. We're not even dependent on one another any longer, are we? But we're totally dependent upon God. You know what I've learned many years ago, well before I got into ministry, was that if I trust God for all the things that I have need of, God will supply my needs according to His wealth and His riches. That's His Word. That's not mine. But that's what I hold dear in my heart. And that's what us today should have within our own heart. 
You see Job here in this story that we're reading. It says, And there were born unto him seven sons and three daughters. He had a wonderful family, didn't he? But you see, Job had a lot of possessions in his cattle, which made him wealthy, but he also had a strong and he had a fine family. God had blessed Job in many ways, had He not. You see, and we need to know that, and we need to understand that, beloved, because that's where the Scripture speaks and and teaches us that what Job had here was a very great household out of verse 3. It says, "...so that this man was the greatest of all the men of the East." You see, it wasn't because Job could go to a bank and withdraw $1 million at a whim. It was because of all the things that God had brought into Job's life. And I want to stop just a moment. And I want to ask you that same question. Have you stopped and thought today and pondered in your heart what God has brought into your life today? I'm speaking not of yesterday, and I'm not speaking about the next day. I'm speaking of today. Have you stopped and thought and thanked with a heart of thanksgiving to God for all that God has brought into your life today? You see, once again, if it wasn't for God bringing me the valleys, I would never know what it's like to stand and praise Him on the mountaintop. You see, if it wasn't for God bringing beautiful people in my life, my precious wife, my daughter, all of you, each and every one of my friends and family, if it wasn't for God, beloved, bringing forth each of you into my life, I would never truly know what it's like to be loved and to show love, to share love, and to understand what love is. Look at further down in verse 5, and it says, And it was so, when the days of their feasting were gone about, that Job sent and he sanctified them, and he rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. And the word here says, Thus did Job continually. That would make for a wonderful Father's Day sermon, wouldn't it? Why? Because as any good father would, Job was being sure that his sons and his daughters, his family, sins had been covered. And you know, that's exactly what I want to bring as a focus point tonight in this message. Is so many times we look and we, we look in and we kind of hone in with our eyes and our hearts on all the things around us that entice us and draw us to. But so many times, the important things that God places in our lives and our paths every day, sometimes we kind of push those aside. Sometimes we're not eager to learn more about God's Word because many times we're not eager to pick up the Word of God. Amen? So as we look, and it says here that Job rose early in the morning and he offered the burnt offerings for all of his children. He didn't say because they had sinned, He said, because they may have sinned. Any good father, any good mother, any child of God that loves his family or her family is going to always lift their family before the Lord God to make sure they're protected and blessed. Amen? I'll share with you a little something that I do every morning as my daughter, our daughter, goes and leaves for work. may seem unusual to you. Most things I do are, forgive me, Lord, 
But every morning as I open the gate at the house there, the little gate we have out front in the driveway, I open it up and our daughter drives her car through and as soon as she pulls through the gate opening, I close the gate back up and I hook the latch back on the gate to make sure there's no deer or any other animals would walk in. That's the reason for the gate. It's not locked. But before my daughter's car gets out of way of where I'm standing, I place the palm of my hand upon the back side of her car, and I say every morning, God, bless my child, protect my child, keep her this day, Lord, in your bosom, and let her feel your sweet presence in everything that she does. I can't tell you how many years I've done that. But I want you to know, and the reason I share that with you, this very intimate thought from my heart, is I want to be transparent to you because if it were not for the love of God in us, we would never have thoughts to do such a thing. When I see those taillights fade off in the distance down the dusty road, I wave one more time to my daughter. And I say these words, God, just as she was as a child, I give her unto you again this day, Lord, as she's out of my hands. And I say it, and I mean it, and I can say it, and I do mean it because of the God and the strength of our Lord in heaven that I serve. He is able. I want to close with one verse that we need to keep near our hearts. Verse 8, it says, And the Lord said unto Satan, and by the way, don't forget, Satan is always around. He's always there to tempt us. He's always there to tear down. He's always there to destroy and to kill all the things that God has for you and me as believers. He's always there. He's relentless. He masquerades as light every day trying to imitate the power and the grace and the love of God. And you know what Satan can do so well? Satan can deceive in a way that you never, ever, ever know that he's even bothering you or me. But you see, Satan, as verse 8 testifies, is under the control of a righteous and a mighty God. Do I hear amen? There's not a thing that Satan can do yesterday, today, or forever that is outside the reins of what God controls. Amen? My God is able. Did I tell you? He is able. Satan came, and the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? Now, who spoke those words? Those are the words, beloved, about Job from God. Do you know of a greater testimony that God could have for your life or mine? And to say those great words upon us. But you know what I'm so blessed at? One day He will in my life and your life. You know why? Not because of the great person I am or ever should or could have been or you, but because one day I'll enter into heaven just like you will, spotless and blameless. Because of the shed blood of Jesus Christ my Lord. There's no other way that we'll enter into heaven.
And I want to close with that today. I want to close with that thought today in the backdrop of Job's life. I could continue on for hours upon hours about Job. A strong study. I encourage you to read the book of Job and to study the chapters and the verses and understand how mighty God is because surely that's what Job's about, a man of God's faith. But I must share this with you first. Every one of us in this world today, as you and all those outside alike, beloved, every one of us today need a Savior. And that Savior is Jesus Christ, our Lord. God sent forth His Son into this world, not to condemn this world, but rather through His Son, this world shall be saved. That's John chapter 3, verse 17. And John 3.16, we all know, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever shall believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Powerful words spoken by Jesus Christ one evening to a man named Nicodemus. I meet a lot of people that know the law just as good as Nicodemus knew the law. But the blessings in my life, beloved, comes from those whom I meet. Some that have never held a Bible in their hand, but clearly have Jesus Christ, our Lord, in their hearts. There's people all over this world tonight that would give every possession they have in the world, which is so meager, to have one page out of the Bible I have here on this desk. Just to have a copy of God's Word that they could put in their hands and they could study and they could read. And we look around this place and there's a bookshelf over here with dozens of copies of God's Word in it. Some probably have dust. I share with you tonight in truth and transparency that I have Bibles at home of the many I have. Some surely have some dust on them that I don't use every day or week. I want to ask you something tonight, and it's something that only can happen between you and God. It's nothing I can I can cause to happen. It's nothing that I could read any scripture in all these sixty-six books of the Bible that would ever change anything. Tonight, do you need the Lord Jesus Christ to be your Savior? Do you need the power and the strength of God that I speak about tonight? Do you need Him in your life? Just like I describe in His Word, just like Job and his precious family had. You see, I didn't read it tonight because of the interest of time, but Job was just about to go into one of the deepest trials that any man could ever live. Everything in Job's life was just about to fall in shambles. And you know what? The reason I stopped intentionally on this verse, not only because of time, beloved, was also because of the fact you and I are right now in verse 8 of Job in our life. And you say, Billy, what do you mean we're in verse 8 of Job in our life? Well, that's where we are because all these things that we know of that have read Job and studied the book of Job, we know all the calamity that happens in Job's life. And you see, it's because we have it here in print. But you and I don't know ourselves even what will take place tomorrow in our life may make Job's life pale in comparison. Do you understand me? What I'm saying to you is this. God never gives us a promise about tomorrow. But I want you to know this tonight. 
and it would be incomplete if I held back. But God does offer all of us a promise that know Him, that He'll never leave us and He'll never forsake us. He'll always walk with us even into the end of the age, the Word of God says. I want to ask you tonight, if you would, to bow your heads with me for a closing prayer and invitation. And as we have our eyes closed and our heads bowed, I would pray that if there be anyone in this room tonight that's heard this message, anyone anywhere in the world that's heard this message through the broadcast or maybe through the Internet, maybe through uh, radio, however you hear my voice tonight, beloved, I want you to understand one thing. Jesus Christ died for your sins. He was nailed and hung on a cross, shed His precious blood, and died for your sin debt and mine this day, beloved. You see, while He was there on that cross, God placed upon Him His only begotten Son, the sin debt of all of mankind. And that includes everyone that was ever born, everyone that has been born, everyone that ever will be born. That great, great, great debt of sin was paid in full on that cross that day through the shedding of the spotless and blameless Lamb of God, our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know where you are before God. I don't know your relationship with the Lord. Uh, I don't even know some of your names. But I do know this, God loves you. And I do know that God chooses for you not to die in your sins. And beloved, I also know this, that if you die in your sins, it will be your choice. But God calls upon you tonight, and if God has spoken to your hearts tonight through this message and through the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit, and you feel that tug on your heart, I would pray that each one of you will right now with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, you would call upon God from your heart and say, Father God, I would ask, Father, that You would forgive me of my sins. And you would cleanse and renew my spirit. You see, beloved, for the Word of God clearly says, if we confess with our lips and if we believe in our hearts that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, we shall be saved. If that's your confession tonight, I want you to know I rejoice, beloved, with you as the Word testifies thousands of angels in heaven in this moment rejoice. Each time a sinner comes under repentance. If God spoke to your heart tonight, but yet you're not prepared for that confession, if you're not quite ready to trust God, I would pray before morning rises that you again call upon God and let the power of an everlasting Forgiving God, cleanse you from your sins and allow you to be born again. Father, I thank you tonight for the privilege you blessed us with to come together. I thank you, God, for this wonderful and this beautiful and this blessed evening. But God, I thank you most tonight, God, of your love and your grace and your mercies that are renewed every day in our hearts and life through your precious Son, Jesus Christ whom died for our sins. God, I would pray tonight as we dismiss this service that you would touch and bless and heal and meet the needs of us as your people. And until the next appointed hour, Father, keep us strong close unto you so that, Father, you may be praised.
I ask and I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. This concludes tonight's live worship service. We pray that by the power of the Holy Spirit, each one listening has been blessed through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. We invite you to join us back again next week for another live outreach worship service as we together continue praising Jesus Christ. Those tonight who have made decisions to follow Christ, desiring additional biblical resources, or anyone with special prayer concerns are personally invited to visit the Praising Jesus ministry website. The web address is www.praisingjesus.org. That address again is www.praisingjesus.org. We want to thank each of you tonight for listening. We invite you back again next week as together we seek God to guide, mold, and speak to our hearts and lives through the power of the Holy Spirit. Good night and may God bless each of you is my prayer.